1: Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I am Anthony Tree. We are back in our seats today in studio b we got eric ruby we got dj jacob franklin pushing all the buttons and making all the magic happen behind the scenes guys if you're new here do us a favor leave a five-star review let us know what you enjoy about this podcast and if you're new if you've been here regardless do us one more favor hit that like button hit that subscribe button we appreciate everybody taking time out of their day to watch us live or listen on audio eric we've got a jam-packed show. Today, as we always do here on the PHNX Sun Devil Show, we're going to get into our Pac 12 power rankings for college basketball at the tail end of this show. We're going to talk about one specific transfer portal player, actually from Tucson, that may make his way to Arizona State, or at least it would be fun to have him in the maroon and gold. But I want to start off the show talking about the expectations for Arizona State heading into 2024 in the program's first season in the Big 12. We talked, obviously, extensively throughout the week about the Arizona Wildcats and the department of of Jetfish or the departure of Jetfish and, and really where the Wildcats are at right now. Obviously, a team that was better than Arizona State in 2023. You talk about Colorado, Utah, some of these other programs heading to the Big 12, and I feel like Arizona State the expectation are we're going to be five wins, right? It's that, that, fair. That, that's where you're at with the Arizona State Sun it's Devils. Fair. That is, I feel like is the baseline expectation for the Sun Devils. But tell me why this is a team. Tell me why this is a program that, for some reason. I feel like can surprise people in 2024.
0: Uh, they would definitely surprise Angry Grimm, <laughs> who says ASU is going to get owned by the Big I 12. Love I y'all, listen, listen, You can't listen.
1: get owned by first of all. You can't get owned by a conference. You can get owned by specific teams. Yeah, that's fair. You I guess but the Big 12 to, will not beat you if you lose to, every you in lose to everybody in the conference. Then I guess you. They're get not going to lose every conference.
0: conference game. According to Angry Grimm. knock on wood. No, okay, listen, I five, I think five wins is, is the baseline, okay? And I think a lot of people who aren't keeping a close eye on this program, maybe some from Tucson, maybe some nationally, they would say, oh, five wins, like, okay, yeah, that'd be a good season for them. I feel like my personal expectations have shifted. Okay. I'm, I'm not expecting a bowl win, as in if they don't get it, I'm going to be mad, but I think five wins should be the floor. Okay. If if it's a five win season, I I would be upset. I I I would be like, okay, like that. We didn't get the most out of that. I didn't see the proper amount of growth with this recruiting class, with the transfer portal, with another year under Dilly, new offensive coordinator, like, and some very key returning players. I'm looking at a bowl game for next season, and I can get specifically into why in in a minute or so. But I want to know from your perspective, like, scale of one to ten, how surprised would you be if ASU was bowl eligible?
1: Next year. 10 being super surprised. 10 being being super surprised. One being not surprised surprised at all. Um, Going to a bowl game, I would say a four. Okay. A four. And that's simply because, again, Kenny Dillingham, I've seen it firsthand. Not just with Kenny, but with coaches across the nation that have had the the opportunity to go watch practices, games, etc. He gets it. Kenny Dillingham understands how to run a college football program. He understands what it takes to build a winner. Now, I think the only thing that when when you talk about the expectations about a five-win season is probably where you're at, I think the only thing holding me back and holding maybe a lot of the fans back from saying that this could be a bowl-eligible team is the idea that it takes time. Right. It takes time to groom a winner. It takes time to learn how to win down the stretch. It takes time to learn how to be dominant on the road and at home. Now, can the Sun Devils really get acclimated to that in year two? We saw it in year one, not so much, right?
0: Yeah, I think year one, though, also kind of... Fell into more than just first-year head coach territory with the 3-9 yeah. and nine record. I mean, it was basically every single play somebody was getting injured. And I understand injuries happen, especially in football, but it was a little bit excessive, was it? Yeah, not? no, it was. It was a little bit excessive, plus changing of coordinators halfway through the season, Kenny taking play calls, plus having to reel from having Herm Edwards and Ray Anderson basically handicap the program yeah. as well. It, it it's a really bad hand to be dealt. And three and nine is a perfectly acceptable record for that season. And usually, yes, programs only grow by one or two wins in the second season. And then that third and that fourth season is where they really take off. You have Florida State as an example with that. Um, and of course, Kenny has experience over in Florida State and even said that that's kind of a model that he would like yeah. to follow same thing with Utah who needed some time to build up their success and I don't I don't think Kenny is going to go out and just be establishing oh my gosh like one of the best teams in the Big 12 wow he's going to perennially be around but but I do think there's not going to be a single game where an opponent goes in against ASU and says this is going to be a cakewalk like this is going to be easy and so because of that because now it's all Kenny's guys, because of the momentum behind it, and to be quite honest with you, because of Jaden Rashada, Cam Scanabu, and Elijah Badger. Those three-headed monster, look, you can talk about defense, talk about offense, you talk about all of that, right? New players, old players, those three guys, okay? That's a recipe for success. Especially Jaden stays healthy, he gets through spring camp, he gets through the summer, he comes into the fall prepared with a fire lit under his ass and competition right behind him. Mixed with Cam Scadaboo and Elijah Badger, who know that right now it's league or go bust. Yeah. I don't I don't see this team struggling a ton, but you're right. And I use this term and have since uh Dion and Kenny were hired, and that you can't microwave a college football program. And that's why I'm not jumping up and saying they're gonna to be top twenty-five. Yeah. I'm not jumping up and saying they're gonna have eight, nine wins. But seven wins. Against, yes, the the Big 12 is, I would say, probably top to bottom. They're more consistent than the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 at the top was was was
1: miles better than the Big 12 at the top. No, you're absolutely right. Your fave five head in the chat, way too early to predicting anything. Yeah, we're not really setting off predictions, more so just talking about expectations for this team because you you, you talk about scat, you talk about EK, and specifically we kind of hone in on the ASU offense because the ASU defense was really a bright spot for the Sun Devils in 2023. And you look at what kind of went wrong for ASU offensively in 2023, right? When you look back and you're like, okay, why is this a three and nine football team? And I'm sure Kenny and everybody else really a part of this football program looking to change course has done that same thing. So you sit there, you bring up the injuries, right? Sometimes that's something that you can't necessarily control. The fact that your offensive line, uh, your offensive linemen are dropping like flies. You're down to your fifth At an incredible weight. No, like, yeah.
0: like, like incredibly high Offensive lineman dropping. Right? Yeah. And then your quarterback gets injured.
1: And yeah, then, quarterback yeah. gets injured. You're losing guys on the perimeter. Defensively, you're, you're dealing with injuries as well. And, and not to mention, you are changing the offensive coordinator right. mid-season. Bo Baldwin obviously relieved of play-calling duties. And then you get to the offseason and he's no longer with the program. So between a couple of those different things, how has ASU gone and improved? Well, you talk about the offensive line injuries, maybe even if it's just a depth conversation, right? Yeah. Adding more offensive linemen to the fold, that is huge. Potentially going and getting other guys from the portal. One thing that stands out when you watch ASU football in years past versus watching other teams like Oregon, Washington, specifically those Pac-12 Giants, right, is the size of those guys in the trenches, right. ASU, Kenny Dillingham, trying to really shift toward that side of college football and going and getting out there uh, s- some real giants along the A- the ASU offensive line. So they've done that, right? The quarterback position, you talk about how Jaden Rashada went down and ASU had to go through Jacob Conover, Drew Pine, Trenton Borgay, etc. Okay, well, you, you return Trenton Borgay. Right. You return Jaden Rashada. And then you add Sam Leavitt to the fold, who was at Michigan State last season, I think the quarterback room is better than it was last season. Again, yeah, all things considered, you're hoping none of these guys go down with injuries. And then the offense, right? As a whole, as a group, struggled specifically in two areas, running the football and then pushing the ball downfield. So what did they do? Instead of Kenny calling the plays, you bring in an offensive coordinator in Marcus Arroyo who had supreme success at Oregon for quite some time, right? kind of putting aside his job as a head coach over the last couple of seasons, what he was able to do as an offensive coordinator with the Oregon Ducks, specifically with a quarterback like Justin Herbert, and really airing out that offense and allowing that group of athletes to be the best possible versions of themselves. And now you bring him to ASU with an offensive mind like Kenny Dillingham, and you can hopefully improve that ground game. You talk about Cam Scadaboo. Perfect. You add guys. Jason Brown Jr. Relief, Relief. Brown. You yeah. bring back to Carlos. Okay, on the perimeter. It's not just EK. Everybody knows now with Jalen Conyers gone. You can double EK if you want. Yeah. That's fine. You got Jordan Tyson back. Fully healthy. All signs point to him being a real threat for ASU, potentially the number 3 receiver, maybe even number 2 depending on Xavier Gillery. Okay, you're talking about Xavier Guillory. There was high expectations for him in 2023. He had his he had his moments. He had his moments. Had his moments. Unfortunately, his moment was week 1. Um, but hopefully, you know, you can get more from him this season.
0: But you're going to have, you're going to, with all of that, right, you're going to have a little bit more consistency, a little bit more laid out, and and obviously the team was kind of reeling at the beginning, to the middle, to the end, and so much change, whether it was injuries or change of coaches or whatever it was, change of quarterback, change of offensive linemen. That's not hopefully going to be the case this year at least yeah. to that highest degree plus you're talking about moving the ball and just running it which is something that I'm sure Kenny's really going to want to do because yeah. when you run the ball it opens up everything else for you you get some speedy guys Jason Brown and Relique Brown but then also I'm looking at the tight end room and I'm looking at Marcus and Douglas who's a big dude he's gonna help that giant yeah. he's gonna help in the run game for sure and that's the type of guy that you're looking at and say, okay, maybe he can help open things up as well. Plenty of new offensive linemen. I mean, I I, I think that with Kenny, with the staff, with Jaden Rashada, with the returners, and then they still have enough talent kind of around the edges that they've added, I don't see why this can't be a much more competent offense yeah. this year than it was last year. Plus, let's say Jaden Rashada does get injured, okay? <sighs> Sam Sam Leavitt is a much better option than any of the other options I would have for ASU last year. Yeah, and then let's say Sam Leavitt gets injured. Okay, Trent Porgueh as a third-string backup quarterback is a way better option than Drew Pine or Jacob Conover. Yeah. So your floor has raised for quarterback play, which in general raises your offensive ceiling. Your offensive line room has gotten deeper. You have new weapons back in the, in the running back's room. And I would say wide receiver is probably a room that you're looking at and you're going to say, we're going to rely on EK a lot. We need some of these returning guys to step up. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a recipe for... Success in a relative term for next year. I, I'm not going to say they're going to light the world on fire, but like you said, because the defense was so solid at so many different points. Sorry, I'm knocking <laughs> on wood. <laughs> knocking You're on wood. You talk a lot about injuries, Knock man. On no, wood. No, no, I'm wood. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad, Sharon. My bad. Uh, listen, I'm just I'm just being realistic, right? Like if this is something that happened last season, let's compare it and say if it happens the next season, how would ASU be prepared? I think they're a lot better prepared now, yeah. and because the defense was strong last year and a large majority of their high-impact transfer players actually are on the defensive side. I'm I'm very excited to see the type of suffocating defense that they're going to play because every player they've gotten is like, man, I love this scheme.
1: Yeah. I love this That's scheme. That's why people wanted to come play here. I do want to get to some comments in the chat, starting with short bus, We have the weapons, but a new OC is going to be interesting what the O looks like. Hopefully, we don't have to run the Dilly Gate entire game, every game. Yeah. Don't expect to see... Uh, that by any gate, uh, any like point this season, the the swinging gate that ASU kind of ran uh, against UCLA to get that dub. Uh, your Faye five head in the chat. Can we talk about the importance of taking advantage of the rebuild that's going to take place in Tucson and taking advantage in recruiting in the state? Clint also with another good one. Strike while the iron is hot in farm system Big Twelve. Now absolutely right, and that's something that we've touched on right. kind of throughout. Is you, you you talk about Arizona State being able to take advantage of arizona losing jetfish fish losing players in the portal yeah. you talk about utah you talk about colorado and some of these other programs moving over to the big 12 and for the sun devil specifically how do you get better how do you compete right How do you make sure that kids want to be Arizona State Sun Devils in the future, whether that is locally, whether that is on a national scale? Because you are now in front of an entirely new audience moving forward here in 2024. Well, immediately taking advantage of what's going down in Tucson is probably priority number one. And all these guys, the coaches are going to tell you, they're only worried about what's going on in Tempe. They're only worried about that's not true, the opponent man. in front of them. And whether that's true or not, no. for us, you kind of have to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. Yeah. right? And the bigger picture for ASU is how do you do that? How do you do what people in the chat are talking about and taking advantage? Well, it starts with kind of elevating your own expectations and surpassing right. those on a national scale. So we could sit here, talk about ASU, the expectation being a five-win season, potential... Potentially teetering on bowl eligibility. Well, how do you go get kids that are from the Valley, that are playing at a high level across the nation, or even if they're locally? How do you get them to want to be Sun Devils? It starts with, okay, everybody says we're going to be 5-7 and next year. Let's go be 7-5. and Right, yeah. And let's go get the Territorial cutback.
0: back. Absolutely. I mean, look, there's a lot of different ways that they take advantage of, of U of A crumbling, especially when it comes to, not crumbling, but changing. Uh, when it comes to in-state recruiting, because Kenny already had his mitts all over that. But if you're looking at it, what's going to be the most stable program? If you look at a program like the University of Arizona you don't know that like you haven't seen that from brent brennan yet and you don't know that if he has success he's going to stay i i know that a lot of people are maybe not the happiest with how he framed it as far as he's not the next kenny dillingham if he has success it's not his dream dream job like i'm sure the guy wants to be there yeah i'm sure he's happy to be there and i'm sure he's not planning on leaving in the next couple of years but you have major success and things change yeah so because of that I think that you sell a stability because of all the programs going to the Big 12, you and Utah, I can see for the next five to 10 years saying we're going to be the most stable. We're going to have the least amount of turnover when it comes to coaching staff, when it comes to athletic department, because we're going to be hiring a new AD, which still waiting on that. (laughs) That kind of just hit me. Uh, No athletic director. When the hell is that going to happen? But uh, you can preach stability, you can preach growth, and then you'll be able to show, hopefully with this season, that what you're building has some substantial legs. Because you're already getting four stars out of recruiting. You're already getting high star guys out of the transfer portal, not the five stars and not like some of the guys that are leaving Alabama. But you're still getting good players, and you're getting players that, quite frankly, a three and nine team should not be getting.
1: Yeah, and that kind of brings me to Shortbus's question, honest question. And I want everybody in the chat they could chime in on this as well. After last season, did you expect to get the transfer class we did, and is it based on guys believing in Dilly, or more nil money, or a mix of both? I, I think I think there's going to be a lot of people that, when you talk about the transfer portal, a lot of it swings toward nil right and people want to talk about okay well Ray Anderson was gone and you saw the boost that the Sun Angel Collective got yes it was a boost but ASU to to my knowledge not playing in a bigger sandbox than they were before right we're not talking Washington money we're not talking Oregon money we're still it's talking better than, than where State. it was exactly. but it's not caught up to these massive programs and there is a belief in dilly so let me tell you exactly kind of how this whole monster moves now in the transfer portal, right? You have guys more so than ever, coaches, whatever, telling players out of high school that, hey, you want to come play? We're gonna we're gonna get you playing time. We're gonna get you money. This is the best place for you, right? Look what our program has done, X, Y, and Z. So they get those three, four, five star kids to go to their schools, wherever they may be, pitching them and selling them on all of these points. Okay. Because that's what they've done for years on end in college football. They go through the first year and they're on scout team the entire season. You know, yes, the money's there, but where they are at as a player, they almost feel like they've regressed because they haven't seen the level of production in themselves that they would have hoped that these coaches could have got out of them, right? So you see four star, five star guys entering the portal after one season, right? And it's because They were sold something that they didn't end up getting. So why do kids want to come play for Dilly? Well, from the conversations that I've had with some of these players, with transfers, recruits, et cetera, a lot of it has to do with the relatability, right? The fact that their coach is only 33 years old. He is closer to being in their shoes than a lot of the other coaches. Brent Brennan specifically, you talk about with the Wildcats, he's 50, right? Kenny's got a 17-year age gap between him and then Brennan. Some of the kids that they're starting to recruit are 17 years old. Right? (laughs) And then you've also got the idea that he's going to keep it completely honest with you. He has told kids point blank that want to come to ASU saying, you know what? Maybe this isn't the fit for you. Right? Maybe this isn't the place that is in your best interest. Okay? Trying to ensure that he is fulfilling the role of a leader, of a mentor, of somebody that these kids down the line can call on. And that's why... When you go two, three, four years down the line and you've got kids that were at Florida State, you've got kids that were at Oregon that were there when Kenny was just the OC, Mm -hmm. you see them come calling and you see them come to Arizona State because out of all of the coaches in college football, out of all the programs that they've wandered on, Kenny Dillingham and Arizona State, that is one thing that they're going to do is they're going to be 100% real with you yeah when it comes to some of these conversations that a lot of these other programs and coaches aren't going to do yeah I, and, I, and not only are they going to be
0: real not only going to relate to them but he's also going to have a culture here that when you come and you visit because you're only going to have guys who want to be here you're only yeah. going to have coaches that want to be here you're going to come in you're going to visit the everything you're going to meet players you're going to meet all that stuff you're going to be like wow like there really is a level of buy-in here that is incredible and because of that, and now hopefully this next season, there's some surprise success nationally. I think if they're seven and five, neither of us are going to be surprised. But overall, if ASU makes a bowl game next year, I do think that that a majority of people are going to be uh, are going to be surprised. So if you can pair that and pair a tangible culture, relatability, youth, stability. With winning ways? Yeah. Like it's the only ingredient missing, right? And it's going to take a little bit of time to get to 10 wins. It's going to take a little bit of time to get to the top 25. And if they're able to jumpstart that and somehow get closer to that next season than we thought, then everything's going to fall into place even better. Because at the end of the day, people are going to donate more money to a football program that is good. Yeah. And players are going to want to come to a football program that is good. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, I'm extremely impressed with the type of guys that ASU is getting, especially after the types that are leaving, because I can sit here and say, okay, this roster, I believe, got better top to bottom, even though it missed some very key important yeah. pieces. I believe in Kenny Dillingham establishing in a system more with A, his guys for a full year, B... No bull ban, no sanctions looming, no bad taste of Herm Edwards in your mouth, new AD, more NIL money, even if it's not enough to significantly jump up to those major schools. All of that, mixing with a young quarterback who has insane potential to grow, two guys who are probably going to be playing on Sundays. It's just what capacity are they going to be playing? Plus, so much more potential. Like There is a real best case scenario here. We're going into next offseason. Arizona State's the place to fucking be. Yeah. Because then on top of all of that, you've got a beautiful city. Beautiful city. Yeah. And fan base that when they are winning, they are engaged. And if they can show in the Big 12 this next season that they are behind their team in a new conference with everything else that I just laid out. Again,
1: best case scenario we're talking here. They're going to begin some crazy guys next year. No, yeah, year. That you, you bring up a really good point, right? Because a lot of people we can talk about slightly being better than expected, right? Mm-hmm. Which is where we kind of started this conversation of like seven wins for next year's team. Incredible. That's a win of a season. That's over double that's, from that's, what you did this season bowl before. Eligi- Bull eligibility year two, that's phenomenal, right? You could talk about meeting expectations. Okay, let's say you're five and seven and, and you're, you're on the cusp of being a bowl eligible team even if you go four wins, right, then you start to be like, oh, okay. It, de- it depends on how those games play out. I
0: would say if we're five wins or four wins, there needs to be some extenuating
1: circumstances yeah, no, absolutely. for that. Even then, that's not necessarily an excuse, right, from a fan base Correct. perspective. Especially given what happened last season. But you move forward and you you push that envelope and you talk about the conversation of, okay, to get back to Short bus's question of, do you did you expect this class? Did you expect these transfers? Maybe. Maybe some of them, right? Because you know the type of person that Kenny Dillingham is. You know the type of coach that Kenny Dillingham is. And if you don't, we tell you about it just about every single day. But you're able to get those guys after a 3-9 and season. What are you able to do if you flip the script entirely? What if you are an 8-win team next season? Again, this is a total hypothetical. I am not sitting here telling you I believe that this is an 8-win roster. But if you're able to push that envelope, then the whole idea of Arizona State sleeping giant, right? Then you really get to start to see what Kenny Dillingham and this staff is capable of. You get to see Arizona State back on the map, and I'll be 100% honest with you. I think that's all it takes. I think in year two, if you go get eight wins, if you find a way to go from three and nine to eight wins in a new conference, a new conference in new territory. You're playing new teams along with old ones in Utah, Colorado, Arizona. I think that sets Tempe on fire. Oh, with I mean, th- there is
0: massive. I, I, this is going to be weird saying it. Massive wildfire potential when it comes to ASU football because, like, it's primed and it's ready. Yeah. Right. Like, light a little match, get a little bit of a spark, and an entire fire is going to come afterwards. Like, that is where we are sitting at here. Now, listen, life ain't perfect. Stuff doesn't always go as planned. Is there a chance that maybe next season is more of a disappointment? Absolutely. But I don't think it's going to be worse than 3-9. and Yeah. And again, depending on how those games go... There will be players who look at ASU and still see it as a fantastic destination. Now, it wouldn't be as much as if they had eight wins, but let's go back to your hypothetical, back to Short Bus's question. Did I expect this? It's hard. I'm trying to discern in my own brain the difference between expecting something and not being surprised when it happens. Yeah. Because I don't know if I was expecting this. I, don't, I wasn't really expecting a Relique Brown, to, to be honest with you. Like I wasn't. But when he committed here— that didn't surprise me. Like nothing would surprise me under Kenny. They can go get the guy who just uh, decommitted from Alabama right, or enter the transfer portal.
1: That would surprise
0: me. I don't know, man. I, I did, <laughs> at this point, at this point, like I'm not surprised by anything that he does because I, I do have, I guess you could call it a blind faith, but I would maybe not consider it blind. More yeah. just like I, I have a deep trust, just based off of instinct, on what he's going to do and how he can do it. So. Three and nine off of sanctions, working with your old guys out of the prior regime, massive change and turnaround in the program, missing an offensive coordinator and then replacing him because he wasn't doing his job with yourself, and then hiring somebody new. And then on top of all that, dealing with all the injuries last season, there's so much that can change and go right for Arizona State. Absolutely right. And Kenny's the right guy to take advantage. And I do believe that there are a lot of extremely talented football players on this roster which none of this matters if that's not true
1: yeah no you're absolutely right and look just because asu is already added through the transfer portal doesn't mean that they're necessarily done especially when you look at some of the guys headed for the portal from alabama from washington even from arizona and we're going to tell you about one specifically that i think would be awesome the Sun Devils to go get here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about how you can make some money so you could donate to that Sun Angel Collective or so that, I don't know, maybe you could treat yourself to a nice dinner, maybe a nice vacation. We're talking about making money over on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Now, I know there's probably some of you that have already signed up. And if you have, congratulations. Highly, highly advise you guys to tune into our Daily Bet Show because we have Damon Dog always cooking for you Winners. guys. We're actually been we're on a heater on this show, two for two over the last two weeks on our BetMGM parlay picks. And if you haven't signed up, free money. Free what? money for you. Free money for you. For you. You know how much free money? Tell me. 158. That's a lot of money. $158. You can do a lot with $158. All you got to do is take advantage, guys. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account. Place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at standard odds price. And, Eric, once you have placed a bet, you guys are going to receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Sign up for BetMGM and use that bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app for at least $5 and you guys are going to receive that $158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to Damon talk about the disclaimer. I'm so thrown off I had no idea that was coming Wow I didn't either to be honest
0: with you I had no idea that Damon Dog was in your voice Yeah it's 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 pretty late. It makes sense it makes sense. Um, I'd like to pre-ask forgiveness for this oh, uh, transition that I'm about to do. Can do I do? be blessed by Fodge? Can you just say that I'm forgiven before I, I, I say this? Uh, Please. I don't know. I'm going to do it either way. You should just forgive me. Maybe. Okay. <clears throat> We've been talking about the transfer portal a lot. And if there's one thing I want to transfer into my portal, it's some Sun Burroughs burritos, baby. Because, my God, some of the best food that you can get in state that? 48. On the street, they just kind of picked me up. They said well, I poetry, kind of Don't you even – what's piped into your gullet every night? Relax. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys. Sun Burroughs is family-owned and operated, voted Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant. And the personal story that I tell about Sun Burroughs is not just about – the beautiful burrows that you can get there, which I like to change it up. I don't have a go-to order. Every time I drive up to a Burrows drive through or I go inside, I'm I'm freestyling it because I'm just looking at the menu and I know that whatever I pick is going to be good, so I just kind of go with whatever.
1: Playing <laughs> the chat, there <laughs> <laughs> me
0: with the, I asked for forgiveness, okay? I already asked for forgiveness. We don't need to talk about this anymore. But my my personal story is I had a friend who worked at Sunburroughs for quite some time and the biggest seal of approval that you can give for a place and when somebody eats there religiously before during and after they work there and that's what my friend did and that's how i knew some burros was legit they got easy party platters to feed a crowd an all-new taco bar to impress your amigos and with margaritas to go that's right Margaritas to go. go. You'll be the get this guac star of the season. (laughs) Try their popular Fiesta platter loaded with mouth-watering red and green chili beef mini chimis. Oh my god, I'm hungry. Homemade taquitos, chips, fresh guac, and their famous hot sauce. And they got locations throughout the valley, Flagstaff, around here in the metro Phoenix area. You're never too far away. I literally live two minutes away from Sunburros. It is fantastic one. come check out their newest locations in goodyear peoria and i-17 and joe max or visit somebros.com to find one near you let some burros cater your next big meal or small meal
1: order online and find one near you visiting somebros.com all right couple couple things we got 31 of y'all in here let's hit that like button do it for us. Do it for Dilly. Do it for Eric. Do it for some Burrows. Do, do it for, for my transition. Do it for the transfer portal guys that we're going to be talking about here in a second that could potentially come to ASU. One specifically from the Arizona Wildcats. That my goodness, it would just be so sweet, so damn sweet to get them here in Tempe. But first, I want to go back to Clint saying something because I'm, I'm serious. Ao, not Ao. Okay. If I grew out my hair, would I look like Sam Hartman? Yeah.
0: Do you think so, Eric? I think so. I, I'm gonna pull up a picture right now because I'm just going up. I yeah. can see it.
1: I'd have to. It'd have to really grow though. It'd have to really, really grow. I don't know if could I could. You could couldn't you grow your hair that long? Yeah, I had um like a man bun my freshman year of college. Well, here's a. I, I didn't did have a see beard fo- though. I really wish I was around yeah. for that. Yeah. I didn't no, see that. Those, those photos are scraps no. not. They are. We oh, can find. We can here. find.
0: I mean, I'm looking at short hair, Sam Hartman. It's like if, if if you and Taylor Lautner had a baby. Wow. I'd be a hell of a child. That would be a hell of a child. Um, <laughs> if I'm I'm seeing Sam Hartman with short hair. I, I don't know. I mean, Lautner. Lo- I need to Lautner. really go
1: and let the, the locks go down. I'd just be a way shorter version of Sam Hartman. Because Sam Hartman's a pretty tall dude. I, I could see it. I could okay. see it. It's, okay. it's
0: it's 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 mainly the beard. I don't know if all of your facial features are exactly the same. He looks like he could be like if you were in a... Uh, 90s sitcom. He could be like your mean older brother who shows up once a season.
1: I mean, that's pretty tall. That's pretty tall for me. Sure. Okay, you're what, 6'7"? 6'7". Yeah, so calm down, Jacob. Give me give me like four inches off the top. We'll add him to my head. Perfect. That'd be
0: sometimes. Sometimes I forget that Jacob is 6'7". Yeah. And then the fact that he just said that, I was
1: like, holy (laughs) shit, Jacob is 6'7". We have a walking giant in this office. But no, I want to get to... The the one transfer that I think would be just incredible for Arizona State to add. And that is former Arizona Wildcat what? defensive back Ephesians Prize Sock entering the portal. He's uh, 6'3", a buck 85, had 80 tackles, seven pass deflections last season in INT uh, in his two years with the Wildcats. And he's got two years of eligibility left. Now, I think immediately when you talk about adding another defensive back, the question is do is the room, right? Because ASU over this offseason has added several guys. You look at Cole Martin, you look at LaTerrence Welch, you return guys like Ed Woods, some of the younger guys, Keith Abney, Montana Warren. But I feel like being able to go out there, get a rather tall guy to play safety in Ephesians Priceock, who has proven that he is capable of competing at a really high level for a 2023 team that was pretty damn good I think that would be immediately, again, kind of the same conversation that we had yesterday in terms of adding an offensive lineman. Like, iron sharpens iron at the worst. So, Shortbus kind of says it. Who are you going to
0: drop to get him, though? D- DB is one of those rooms that they were really aggressive in. You've got Javon Robinson from Washington State. Yeah. You've got Kamari Wilson. you got Miles Rouser, a.k.a. Ghost. Yeah. Like, this is everything that's happening in the secondary. And Glenn even says, do we need another DB? I mean, look, here's the thing. If he wants to come here, he's good enough. Like, he will play. Yeah. Right. So if for some reason, I mean, first of all, some dude named Ephesians Prize sock wants to come to your program. you four star. You take him.
1: It was a four star safety.
0: I don't give a fuck about the stars. It's the name. Yeah, an it's, the name. Name. it's an elite name. It's an elite name. Like, and Sharon says there's always room to steal one of U of A's best players. It's worth it. I mean, it would make for an interesting competition. And every, <laughs> single, every single person that is on ASU's roster knows that they're going to be competing. It's the same yeah. thing in the quarterback room when they brought Sam Leavitt in there, when Jaden Rashada was the presumed starter. Yeah. It's like, you're going to fight for it. And maybe adding this guy is, is, again, iron sharpening iron. It would be a little bit more likely if DB was a room that they desperately needed, yeah. which kind of makes me think, okay, it's a little bit more of a long shot than you would consider. However, what did I say earlier in the show? There's not a damn thing that Kenny Dillingham could do that would surprise me and this that's fair it it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me like to my core it would be like oh whoa but it wouldn't be like what no way how did they pull that off
1: yeah i I think when you look at getting some of the guys from arizona right specifically you talk about the transfer jacob kongaika coming from arizona to asu a lot of that had to do with his disagreements uh, to put it nicely with former dc um johnny nansen right Mm. like that that is part of why he came here. But specifically when you look at why Ephesians would come here, that for me is the biggest question mark is there isn't the natural hatred with somebody on that staff. It's more so a, you know, Jedfish fish left. I think the the best opportunity for me is somewhere else. Now, does he think that is Arizona state? Because to a lot of the the folks in the chat, right to their point, Is there room? Is there room on this this roster for another defensive back? And my point to you guys would be, hey, look at last season. Maybe not in the DB room, but across the team, right? The injuries that piled up for Arizona State across the board, okay, was huge for this team moving forward. And you want to talk about a team that is trying to build something. You want to talk about Kenny Dillingham trying to build something, okay? We equate this in the ultimate model of success in college football is what? Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, San Jose State, right? Stop. <laughs> and, and what of all of those things? What of all those programs have in common? One guy drops and somebody else fills up. the void and you never miss a step. It's because they have four star, five star guys being backups to other four star and five star guys. That is elite-level college football. So that is the devil's advocate to going out there and adding an Ephesians prize sock to a DB room that is already stacked with guys. It's A, a lot of these dudes have potential. You haven't necessarily seen what they're capable of doing out on the yeah. field. And B, if you want to be a great program, you're going to have to have great depth. You're going to have to have great backups. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that if Arizona State added Ephesians Prysock that he would be a backup. I think he would probably start, to be completely honest with you. But... Okay. If you want to go turn this program into a behemoth, into a monster in the Big 12, then you're going to have to know that, hey, you're going to get four-star, five-star guys that aren't going to be playing in well, year one.
0: That And let's be honest here as well. While the DB room is full... It's not full with players that you could say for sure are going to go out there and be really good football players. Yeah. Again, like you said, there's a lot of potential. I mean, you look at a guy like Cole Martin, that's somebody that you can be like, all right, he's going to be good. Yeah. Right? Like, you could say he's going to be good. Miles Rouser put up good numbers. Like, you could probably say he he would be good as well. Kamari's
1: but, got potential.
0: But again, look, we're talking potential here, right? And then we're talking about a guy in Ephesians Priceock who's done it. Yeah and to have somebody who's gone out and done it, add it to a room full of potential, A, the guys who are on the bottom end with the potential will not only learn from that guy and realize, okay, that's somebody that I'm chasing, that's the kind of position that I wanna be in, but also like, guys root for each other. Guys get excited and when there's other talented people in Tempe, and there's a talented room around you, you're probably gonna play better. You're probably gonna learn more. Like the whole iron sharpens iron thing is yes, a little bit played out, it's a little bit cliche, but the problem is it's also true. Yeah. And so if you can get a guy who Cole Martin and Ephesians Prysock in your secondary compared to last year, we're talking massive, massive improvement.
1: Yeah. Massive. I think, look, again, you talk about this defense specifically, And I don't think there was ever a question for me. If you turn on the tape of that Washington ASU game, there was never really a question that Arizona State was going to make noise in the transfer portal defensively because you knew that the system and the scheme and this coaching staff were building something in that group, in that unit that was going to last. Moving to the Big 12, you've seen guys, defensive linemen, specifically that linebacker position, and even some defensive backs that have wanted to come to ASU and thrive. Defensively for the Sun Devils. I think, again, there are guys still in the transfer portal, whether that be Alabama, Washington, or Arizona, like we're talking about in Ephesians that you turn on the tape. You get them in a room with Brian Ward, okay? The DC for Arizona State. You turn on any tape. Okay, not any tape. Not that Utah game or the Oregon game. But you turn on that Washington tape. Most games. You turn mm-hmm. on most of the games. The UCLA game. Even in moments, they showed flashes. You turn on the tape, and there's a, wow. For a team that was 3-9... and nine, This defense was damn good. And they probably, like you, a lot of people look at the numbers, right? That didn't watch the games and you're like, eh, they're middle of the pack. Well, how many times did ASUA go for it on fourth and short and didn't convert? How many times did ASU turn it over, right? And put the offense or put the defense in a not advantageous position, right? Playing on a short field. Like that is what you're talking about, specifically that Fresno State game. How many times did ASU turn the ball over and ASU's defense still held them to X amount of points, X amount of touchdowns? Bro, I've blocked that game out of my memory. Yeah, and rightfully so. Oh, God, ugly. I think this group defensively, this coaching staff, when I use the word group, I think they are capable of doing so much and you add players that have that proven... What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, that, that have proven themselves. That, yeah, have they proven themselves? I, I think it goes without saying that they can be something special.
0: Yeah, I, and again, we we heard it when you were interviewing a lot of the new defensive players when the transfer portal opened up and all that was happening. Everybody was saying it was a scheme, okay? And these guys are smart. I know that there's a like a stigma around football players that they're dumb. They're not like especially when it comes to football yeah they're not and to be somebody and to be confident in yourself and for ephesians price talk to have 80 tackles 77 p- passes defended an interception in two years uh for a wildcats team that turned it around and to know that you are good enough to make an impact that you can go somewhere and you can change things you're not necessarily only looking for where have they had success in the past but where are they set up for success in the future where am I set up to get the most out of Ephesians price off and if he looks at the scheme at Arizona State and says yeah sure three and nine yeah sure crowded DB room whatever I'm watching the way they play and I'm seeing myself in it and seeing myself thrive That is something that multiple players have done in just this one offseason. It's a testament to the coaching staff. It's a testament to the players as well. It's a testament to whatever they're establishing, which is a culture. It's a way they're going to play. And they have an identity. And there's a big problem with a lot of teams that they don't have an identity. This team has one. And if you're a player and you're like, man, I fit with that identity. You're going to be drawn to that team. Yeah, you you just are. Whether they're three and nine, whether they're an eight win team, whether they're a bowl team, it obviously helps. But it's 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 nice. It's it's good to just like I'm sitting back. I'm like players want to be here. Yeah. And maybe right now you're not going to get your Ephesians prize sock. Maybe right now you're not going to get your five star guys. That's their loss. But once these guys who are good and want to play in this scheme come and succeed in this scheme,
1: snowball effect. Yeah. I love Glenn's comment by the way. Ward got an extension a year before Fish did. Things you love to see. Sorry for all the Arizona Wildcat fans in the chat. Actually, I'm not sorry at all. But it's okay. But you, like why are they even I texted you about this? Why yeah. are they in the chat right now? There's a <laughs> literal but there's a I literal love, hey, press we conference. We, we Do you want to know? Hey, we love having yeah. everybody. Obviously, here. we're more important than their new head football coach. It's okay. So it's okay. Maybe I'll record a, a video of just ASU, just the ASU host reacting to the entire Brent Brennan um Pressure. like a little watch along yeah like a little just, some, a, just maybe a little some reaction, reaction some video. you know we'll it would have been we'll better see.
0: i think we should do it with jed's instead i think that would maybe social wrong.
1: media would tell you that he's killing it right now uh, oh social really media would tell you a lot of things yeah but look one thing that we're gonna tell you that social media might not is that ogs is the place to get your gummies guys they have the best scratch made gummies in the valley and it's not even close they've launched two new products made with live rosin and rso we're talking about the og's naturals and the big OGs. og's naturals are vegan gummies made with live rosin available in a sweet clementine flavor and maybe that's not the flavor for you that's okay because they've got literally a gazillion different flavors that you could check out the orange creamsicle is still one of my favorite they've got strawberry they got the the creams they've got it all over at og's and we had this discussion yesterday. Like, it they would be dangerous because you could just pop those things like candy. They're listen,
0: they're so good. I'm looking right into the camera. They taste good, man. Like they like they are genuinely such a nice treat. Because not only do they taste amazing, and you can eat a couple if you'd like. Like, they make you feel good. They, they make you feel and they less taste stressed, good, man. They make you enjoy press conferences. Like it's it's honestly like. There are certain things in life that it's like, is this too good to be true? OG's oh, is not too good to be oh, no. true. OG's oh, is so good, it should be too good to be true. <laughs> there you go. But it's not too good to be true. And they're not that expensive no, either. No, they're not. Like, they're, they're,
1: not. They're, they're, they're affordable, they taste delicious, and they work really well. Definitely check them out, guys. To learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them, head on over to ogsbrands.com. Listen, I love me some OGs. I love a lot of things about life. You know, maybe I'm
0: becoming more of an optimistic person. I like person. that, man. I like it. And,
1: you know, it's all about the little things. It is. It is always about the little
0: like, things. Like, you know, you're driving down the road. You got to appreciate the nice sunset. You got to look to the side, see the mountains on the freeway. You walk into your home, you got to appreciate everything about it. But maybe, Very. maybe <laughs> you look down and that appreciation stops. You go, man, I could really use something new something fresh in my house and that is where our friends over at empire today come in handy they're going to get the right product for you quick professional installation a price match guarantee plus you can do it all from home shop at home convenience how could you not love that unless you hate staring at your dirty old floors and you don't want to shop at home you can also not do that listen you can do a floor visualizer you don't want to waste your money on something that you're not going to like I've seen friends spend money on installing things and they have no idea what it's going to look like. And then they get it installed and I'm having a conversation with them and you can just tell they're like talking themselves into it. Like, yeah, you know, I didn't know it was going to be that dark, but you know, I think it, uh, I think it fits in and it matches with that. It's like, no, you should have you should have used the floor visualizer. You should have. At Empire today. Listen, they keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection and their philosophy is to help you find what you need, not just overwhelm you and say, hey, look at all the choices we have. Look at all these choices. No, they're going to help you find the right thing. And I don't know about you, Tree, but I am not an expert in a lot of things. I need a lot of help with I a do. lot of things. And Empire, floors. Empire today can do that. Plus a virtual floor designer. It's a great, great way to see how your new floors will look in any space. You can just snap a picture, instantly see how that happens. And you know what? A lot of times this process can be frustrating. You're shopping at a big box store. You might talk to somebody who was not even installing floors the other day, and now they are. And it's just not fun. You're going to get upfront, honest, good pricing. Nobody does it better than Empire Today. And on top of all this, for our listeners, you lovely people, you use the four best letters in the English alph- alphabet, PHNX, you get $350 off. Listen, go to, uh, to EmpireToday.com PHNX for details. Use the promo code PHNX. Spruce up that house and send us pictures because we have some nice new flooring in Studio A. Changed the whole ambiance. The feng shui. The feng shui. Does your apartment have yes. good feng shui?
1: Mm, it does. It also has an air mattress just blown up in the living room. And that it. is great, feng yeah. shui. Hey, it's just it's great to watch TV that way. If you've never hey, hey, don't knock it before you try it. I've got an air mattress just in my living room We're up just at all times. I have a couch, but you No, know. I have a couch. There's also a couch in there. There's silly, also a beanbag chair. Silly Jacob. There. There's a beanbag chair, an air mattress, and a couch. Yeah. You're just always comfy. It's always comfy. There's pillows. It's it's a great time. Just build forts. Some, sometimes you know, no, you get too old. I yeah. I heard I heard something else when you
0: said, "I'm not, I'm I'm tired." I, I heard you. I heard something. I'm not even gonna say. Did you hear?
1: No. I heard build foursomes. No, no, you heard that's wrong. That's what I that's what heard. What I, <laughs> I said build forts?
0: And, like, and I, and or, something. Hit me. or something. It, or something, yeah. Oh, hit, there we go. It okay. hit me afterwards, and I was just kind of like, I was reading the comment section. Glenn says, you know your sonar if you're for the taste, not the effect. Short bus saying he's had four already for his lower back pain. And then out of the corner of my ear, I just hear, yeah, a good air mattress and a beanbag chair and a couch for a okay. foursome, and I'm like, okay. wait okay. a okay. second, man! I didn't know I was going to get this from asking about yeah. functional. Right, well, sure okay. We got one
1: one final thing that we're going to talk about here. We're going to get to some PACTO power rankings here oh, in just a second. God. But first and foremost, want to thank everybody in the chat. Hit that like button. Again, we love having you guys in the chat. We know Sharon's a diehard. We always got Glenn in here. Look, Tony's from Tucson. He's a wildcat, so, you know, he is what he is, but we do appreciate Tony in here, uh, always giving us something to talk about. Short bus as well. Hopefully, we can get Donald back in the chat here. He's I miss moving. Donald. So we, we, we really do appreciate you guys. And again, Sharon is one of our PHNX diehards, and if you don't believe us, just ask her. Being a PHNX diehard, Really is the most bang for your buck because not only are you gonna get exclusive diehard content, you're gonna get access to our diehard Discord where we're always talking about all things ASU. And it's not just ASU, we've got chats for the Suns, the Cardinals, the Coyotes, the Wildcats, for literally everybody who is a Valley sports fan, not to mention we've got the best merch in the Valley, hands down. You're gonna get discounts on some of that. If you are a PHNX diehard, along with some of that diehard content. So again, head over to gophnx.com today. Check it out. Just run through all of the little things that you're going to get when you become a diehard. And who knows? Maybe just try it for a year. See what happens. Again, don't take our word for it. We've got some diehards in the chat that would love to tell you all about it as well. But let's go ahead, get to this week's Pac-12 Power Rankings. Eric, I want to start with you. With me? What do you have from top to bottom here. All right, let's get that up there. All right, Oregon, again, these are power rankings. I'm not necessarily
0: saying who's the best team. Again, power rankings of what's going on. Oregon at one, University of Arizona at two, Colorado at three, ASU at four, Wazoo at five, Utah six, Washington seven, USC eight, Stanford nine, UCLA 10, Oregon State 11, and Cal at
1: 12. Any particular reason why we still see the Sun Devils at four? No movement after a loss last week. I just, I'm going to still put stock in the win streak. I'm going to put stock in that as well. I'm not going to overreact to it to one loss. And plus I'm biased. So there's that as well. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Look, let's go ahead and get to my Pac-12 power rankings. Look, I've got the Oregon Ducks still atop the conference. Or actually not still. I've actually got them jumping the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, who were number one in my last Pac-12 power rankings. And you can't really deny Oregon. They're on a six-game win streak. They're undefeated in the conference. They're 13-3 overall, and a lot of that has to do with Jackson Shellstad, who, look, he's played 12 games for the Ducks so far this season. He's shooting 50% from the field, 43% from behind the arc, and 80% from the charity stripe, averaging 14%. Points a game if he continues to do that Oregon is going to be a tough team to stop now I've got the Wildcats going from one to two Obviously that stems from kind of the rough conference play that the Wildcats have had thus far Their last game was a loss to Washington State They lost 73 to 70 but I still think that the Wildcats are one of if not the best team in this conference, I've got Colorado at three. I've got Arizona State the same place that you have them. I don't have them falling, although I am interested to see what they're able to do against what I believe is a really, really bad UCLA team here pretty soon.
0: I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost ready to start dropping Colorado down. Like the Damn. three, the three losses in a row. I'm going to choose that. That's just a bad stretch. And and has uh, William and the is having CU over ASU is a bit crazy. I know ASU beat them
1: barely. Um, I still like I still think Colorado is a good team. I, I do too I they, do they too. need to figure it out though when it comes to the road they were still missing Cody Williams yeah yeah which is a big piece and, and KJ Simpson we know what he's capable of this is a team again from from what I could tell they are undefeated at home and they actually are defeated on the road they are, it's them and the Oregon State Beavers are the only two teams in the Pac-12 that have yet to win a road game so far this Wait, season. yeah,
0: that's crazy. They lost um, to Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, and then all the way back, they lost to Colorado State, which is a good loss. You only yeah. lost by five.
1: So, we'll, we'll see, obviously, what Colorado does. They're at three. I've got Arizona State at four. Like I said, moving on with my Pac-12 power rankings. Now, who do you think I got next, Eric? Well, you tell now, me. Well, now what's up? I got Utah at five. I've got Wazoo at six. USC at seven, man. I say it every single week. I am absolutely just incredibly impressed with the way that LA schools seem to fumble the bag. (laughs) And the expectation, Craig Morgan had said this a while ago, talking about the football programs. USC and UCLA are like the spoiled rich kids that just never find a way to figure it out. They have everything handed to them time and again. Because they're in LA, they've got the money, they got the players, they got the coaches, and for some reason, they just find a way to fumble the bag. It's like they're your oldest kid that time and again, they're calling you from jail, "Hey dad, can 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 you bail me out this time? I, I crashed a Lambo this week or personal experience? No, not personal experience. I don't have a Lambo and I've never been bailed out of jail, but that's what I have the LA schools where they are at again, continuing forward with my back twelve power rankings. I've got Stanford the longest eight, time to get through a power rankings Stanford I've ever seen. Washington at nine, Oregon State at ten. This is another team in the conference that again I, I don't think is very good. They're one and four in conference play, nine and seven overall on the season. They're actually on a three game losing streak as well. But that's just how bad I think UCLA and Cal are at eleven and twelve respectively but guys head to the comments let me know let eric know what you think of this week's pac 12 pound rankings and that is going to do it for today's phnx sun devil show guys again we really really do appreciate everybody listening on the audio watching live you make our job a lot easier when you're always commenting uh, and hitting that like button so if you enjoyed the content do us a favor I know I've asked for a lot of favors lately, but give us a follow at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me at Anthony underscore ToeTree. You can follow Eric Ruby at Eric Ruby. That is Eric with a K. And you can follow DJ Jacob Franklin at Jacob underscore Franklin four. Is that correct? To get out of here on Clint Clint's comment, let Sam Hartman cook. Let me cook. Go Devils and peace.